Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast where we try to bridge the gap between theory and practice of hockey goaltending. This week, we are brought to you by my GitHub page, where I post blogs about advanced goaltending analytics. You can check it out. Link will be in the description of this podcast, or hop on over to my Instagram or Twitter. This ad is paid for by Jamie Phillips' Patreon, which you can support, as always, at patreon.com. Search for Jamie Phillips. Jamie, how are you doing this week? Hello, I'm coming from you from my barren bedroom um if you're watching this on youtube you'll see that i'm not my normal backdrop is not the same all my large items including my desk which is my uh, pride and joy has been uh has been moved out of my apartment so i currently am broadcasting you from a kitchen kitchen chair and my webcam is balancing on my suitcase so times are tough you know you're getting the Jamie Phillips before the Jamie Phillips World Tour. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of the Jamie Phillips World, speaking of the Jamie Phillips World Tour, uh, I am gonna. I've been thinking about. I'm gonna vlog some stuff, and like all of it. But I'm. I want to do a lot of interviews too, because especially you know, uh, Max Verdenen, who is running the camp uh, with myself and Espo, uh, one of his goalie coaches. Like, I'm curious to get more like talking points and like just talk to people in person. It's weird because Ben and I have never done a pod in person, yet I will be doing all these podcasts in person. Uh, also, Ben, you should do some pods in person with, like, you're around a lot of experts in different disciplines. So I think you should do some in-person pods as well. Um, but I'm excited for the world tour. Uh, I got to figure out what I'm doing with all, like, my technical stuff. Um, but uh, Adobe did a really good job of your audio yesterday, or last week. Perfect. So what wider buzz all there with these nice mics? Look, if there's any lesson that we can give to all the listeners out there, it's that audio quality doesn't matter because technology of other things is fine. That's right? AI. That's the AI only thing we AI heard. will do it for you. Oh god. All right, Jamie. Uh last week we talked about the draft. Got some good I got some good feedback. Um people people both loved and did not love the idea that European goaltenders can hang out in professional hockey for a while. People were, people were fired up. 
Yeah. The thing is, though, it's an unfair advantage. Okay. Well, again, most of the fired upness um, comes from my Instagram page, which is literally just a 30 second snippet of the podcast that I, I, I honestly sometimes just choose at random. And so most of the things are taken out of context. Uh, and a lot of the people that got upset didn't actually listen to the podcast. They just saw a clip of us talking about European goalies, um, especially. And then also like, usually it's like the vocal minority that speaks the loudest. And it's honestly, it's mostly like passionate Canadian fans that are upset that there is no like Carey Price in the league at this moment. And all the Russians are, are dominating and the Europeans are dominating. And so they, 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 a lot of people like grasp at straws, but it, the, the, the talking points that we had are all real things. And it's not that it's good or bad. It just, it just is like the European goalies at a point have an advantage over North American goalies in certain aspects of, of hockey and specifically in the draft. Um, was there anything that stuck out to you in terms of the, uh, a little bit of conversation. I'll be honest, I've been so busy that I, I have not been up to date with all the comments, but um, I know that you you sometimes dive into them. Yeah, no, nothing. The only thing I wanted to say, and this is going to be like a little plug to the, the little article that I wrote earlier this week, uh, is that I went back and looked at this season for Carter Hart. Carter Hart's been like a big, I don't know if polarizing is the right word, but he obviously has carried a lot of weight for for the potential of Canadian goaltending. But it's like polarizing. It's just like everyone threw their eggs at like, when you're deemed the next Carey Price and you are on a team that is not very strong and you don't play as well as Carey Price did, which very few goalies can and will, all of a sudden it's just like, you know, and the whole media needs something to talk about. And as you, it's better to it get some more clicks to complain um, and say what's wrong. I'm sorry, I cut you off there, but I don't think it's polar. I don't I think everyone just needs a scapegoat. How do you get like, Canadian hockey fans just needed a scapegoat and fell on his shoulders. Yeah, so I wrote something that's a little bit in defense. I mean, some stuff I learned from this a little bit in defense, but from this past season, and you can read more about this, like I said, we'll link it, um, is that Carter Hart, when you looked at people who played as much as he did, and he played a lot, like 55 games, over 3,000 minutes this year, uh, he was the number three goalie um, on high danger chances and save percentage. Uh, in the league when you kind of looked at his numbers behind a couple guys named Sorokin and Saros. So he was a really good company. They're good, I hear, and it's going to be our, our pivot. But if you want to if you want to read more and, and see more about that, um, we'll link it in the show notes here. And uh, Jamie will be sure to put it in the YouTube comments as well. Yeah, uh, but now, actually, this will be a plug. So like I'm not, I'm not the stats and data guy. Uh, I I don't get it. I'm not very good. Uh, I was talking about this the other day. I'm horrible at using the programming. I'm R, the R programming language. I'm just awful at it. Ben is very good at this stuff. And I will give, I don't give Ben a lot of credit often, but he's very good at stats and he's very well-spoken at, at his blog posts. Uh, and like even the Instagrams that he shares and tags me in that I don't always look at are very well done. So go give Ben some love. And if you like the stats portion and you like nerding out on it, Check it out and share it because Ben works really hard and he and he does a good job to to make these like analytics that he's usually like the only one talking about these and that's really cool. Thanks, Pat. That's a nice plug. I'm going to take back my transition, so I'll say that Carter Hart 
only outperformed by a guy named Sorokin, and that's where we're going to take us off, Jamie. That was supposed to be my transition before your nice words, because we're talking about pre-agency today. We want to do a bit of a 20-minute run-through of kind of some interesting stories that we identified from coming out of this off-season command of free agency, and I wanted to tie them into your personal experience, and so people can really understand what free agency looks like, um, because we we kind of see what it looks like at the top end for guys. Guys sitting out, and guys arguing for more money, but we'd also I think there's a really interesting story about what happens across you know goaltending depth charts, and so I picked five main stories that I thought we could get through pretty quickly. My first one was that the Islanders re-signed Sorokin and Varlamov, who were awesome together last year. My official take on this, Jamie, is who cares? Um, they're good. That's all I got for the Islanders. They're good goals. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty set. They're a good to re-sign yep. They'll be fine. Varlamov's a steady backup. Uh, yep. Sorokin, good. Yeah, it turns out, yeah, eight just over eight million dollars a year. That's probably when oh. he's for, he's good. Or for just for Sorokin. No, eight just for Sorokin, eight point two a year for Sorokin. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, I'd say that's under three, I think. I I would say that's pretty justified if you look at his skill and then compare it to a Basilevsky or Bobrovsky who are the ten million dollar men. Yeah, I would say that's pretty eight million's pretty good. Yeah, two point seven five for Varlamov, so they get both their goalies in under at eleven million, and probably maybe the best tandem in the league, or one of the best tandems in the league, especially as Varlamov's going to play 30, 35 games next year. Yep, and Sorokin's going to play in the mid fifties. So yeah, no, that's there's mm-hmm. nothing to be frozen about that. Let's completely flip the script. Story number two: a team that I have no idea what they're going to do at all is the Anaheim Ducks. So first and foremost, uh, Anthony Stolarz, who again, plugged to my article, was the number one goalie who dealt with the worst game scenarios across the NHL last year. Number it's a, one. It's a crazy stat. What a wild yeah. stat. He he actually was... So, Stolarz did not have the world's best numbers, um, but his his biggest struggling point is he got kind of pooched letting in a couple of just bad goals. The poor guy got absolutely peppered last year. So, his numbers look worse because he was one of the worst goalies in the league on load to injure chances. Um, but he was exceptional at like all of the crazy stuff that was happening in Anaheim. But Dolores is off to Florida for 1.1 million. Gibson seemingly doesn't want doesn't to want to be back at all. Yeah, okay. does not so want to be back. Which so I'm assuming gone. Let's just assume gone. Yeah, which is where we we lead to. Uh, so at, at this state, if Gibson is done and, and there's no signing, the Ducks are going to wheel out Lucas Dostal as their starting goalie, who's 23. Um, he played 20 games last year out in Anaheim, and they were yeah. more towards the end of the season. But beyond that, it gets really interesting. So I went through kind of all the the, the depth charts of what's going on. Um, Anaheim's got, uh, in San Diego, San Diego last year, they had Gage Alexander, who is one of the most interesting stories uh, that I've just learned of since actually looking up and preparing for this episode. Uh, he played 16 WHL games across two years before being drafted in the fifth round. Um, that's right. He well, played nine and seven, nine games and then seven games. Was he in different seasons? I, I, you know what? Maybe, but it was also COVID. So he was drafted in 2020. Mm-hmm. So COVID influenced for sure. He's six foot six. Um, he was drafted in his plus, he was drafted in his plus one year. Okay. So a bit of an interesting scenario, but last year he played 50, sorry, last year he played 15 games in Swift Current. 
in the WHL. 16 games in San Diego and six games in Tulsa. So as it currently stands, that could be your second or third goalie on your depth chart. Um, wild. And then it gets kind of stranger because the next goalie is Cal Duplan, 2020 oh. third round pick, also born in 2002. So as it currently stands, the Ducks' top three goalies, assuming Gibson doesn't come back, is 21, 23, 21, and 20. Well, I've heard only good things about Cali Klein. So that that's promising. The second thing, uh, well, I guess my second point is, I know that we'll get into Buffalo in a bit, and, and you had previewed that, but Eric Comrie is from that Anaheim area. So I'm going to go. That's your Demko. And so is that Demko. So I'm going to go and throw this out in the limb, but I say Eric Comrie becomes an Anaheim Duck. And Combs and I are good friends, and this isn't, and when this happens, everyone's like, inside scoop is not. I haven't talked to Combs about it. Uh, I probably will after this podcast is recorded. <laughs> but now that we're talking about this, that popped my mind. So I do think that when we get into Buffalo and they they have a surplus of goalies, they're going to have to do something with them. And when someone has too many, they need to move them. When someone doesn't have enough, I say Comrie ends up in Anaheim. Uh, I think I don't think Vancouver would get rid of Demko at this point. No, he's Demko's coming off. Like, oh, I mean, his the 2020 season, he was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's kind of struggled since then, but he was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, again, my other, I came with some facts today, Jamie. Uh, um, Comrie had last season in Buffalo on the, this is a very specific, but on the penalty kill, had the most dangerous penalty kill experience in the NHL last year. So just absolutely peppered on uh, on the PK. In fact, he was 25% more peppered on the PK than any other goalie. So wow, he just goes, yeah, just like, anyways, he had, you look at his numbers, um, he had pretty good numbers considering how hard quality of competition and quality of games he had was. So I think the com, I think again, Anaheim's to have to make a move. I think honestly, Comrie might be a good good fit. We'll kind of get to another couple names where I think some of these teams are likely to move a goalie. So, note to self: text Comrie Jamie. Yeah, text Comrie. Uh, but going going back to Anaheim, we don't know. Uh, they need to do something. Yeah. Uh, they need something. Be good. They need to get someone who has a lot more NHL experience than what they have, unless they're going for a pure pure rebuild. We don't care if we lose every game, kind of scenario. And if that's what they're doing, then that's a good organization to be a young goalie in. Yeah. The, the reason I brought them up again is a, it's a unique situation, but they also have a lot of high-end player talent this year. So if you're looking, and again, assuming, let's assume nothing happens, Gibson moves out, they don't get a goalie back. If you're going to be looking for entertaining games, it'll be Ducks games this year for sure. Okay. You mentioned it before. Let's transition right away. We're going over to Buffalo, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, this offseason, they signed Devin Cooley and Dustin Tokarski for one year at 775 each. So league minimum at, you know, guys that are presumably going to be in the AHL start of the year. But on top of that, they have Eric Comrie, as you just mentioned. They have Devin Levy signed. And they still currently hold, I'm not entirely sure what exact specifics, they still currently hold on that Uko Pekka Lupin, who is signed through the 2024 season. So that's five bullies with AHL games, or sorry, NHL games on your roster. Well, Tukarski will be in the, in the American League, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't... Interesting what they're going to do with UPL... Um, Le- uh, Levi will probably. Yeah. I don't. It, we took. We've talked about this again. Like, there's no point sending him to the American League. Like we just shown he can play in the NHL. 
I think just setting in the American League is not going to do anything for him unless he starts, unless he's struggling to start, then you want him to like find some confidence or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, with Conry, I, I think he's going to end up in Anaheim. Um, they, or they the, might, or they don't, though, or they, or they don't do anything. Uh, and then they Cooley, keep Levi and, Yeah. And then Cooley goes to, um, are they still with Cincinnati? I actually don't know. Uh, so they'll East Coast. And then Buffalo always, uh, Rochester always signs Hauser. And so Hauser will be their American League East Coast up and down guy. Um, yeah. It's I guess like a lot of goalies. Five, five, ELs, five, five NHL contracts is like, it's not always a lot. I just, none of them are on entry levels. Uh, Levi. Oh, Levi. Te- yeah, I guess Levi is. But I, it's hard to consider him on ELC because he's just like straight to the NHL. Yeah, he's actually just, yeah. I mean, it's again, like their goaltending is like not expensive, right? Like even with all those goalies, like I think Comrie is the most expensive goalie on that list of the five, right? And so, yeah, you know, from a from a money perspective, Buffalo's not spending a lot of money for, and again, like I said, Comrie got absolutely shelled last year. That's out of his control. That's your goalie. You're stuck with that. He was pretty good. Um, and then Levi, again, we've tried this. If Levi goes to the AHL, I'll be so surprised. There's really he should yeah. play like 30 games in the NHL this year. There's no reason. I have a feeling they might just rot, try to ride Levi. Like I, I guess it's weird because Buffalo's been bad for so many years. At some point, like they need to like start to like to win a lot of games. And it's not that Levi's like can't do it. It's just typically the way a GM would think they'll be like, well, let's get someone consistent or someone we know is gonna, you know, play the cons- a lot of games at this level. So it would be. I would be surprised if they if they ran it, but if they maybe they want to go one A one B with Clavery Clavery Levi, I think that that's okay because both are capable goalies. Um, but I still I still think Clavery to Anaheim. I like it. I like the prediction. Someone's yeah. I would would not be surprised if we see Buffalo or uh, Buffalo picks up Hellebuck. Oh, because I don't know if Winnipeg was. I've heard Hellebuck to like. I don't know if Winnipeg is on your list, but I know Hellebuck does not want to return to the pig i also heard that he's floating around 9.5 as his re-signing which which is probably it's just pointed if if sorokin's getting eight we got we got like yeah and he's got a vesna yeah um he's pretty good i mean i guess i guess heli just he's also not in his 30s though the beautiful city of winnipeg shout out winnipeg and stella's cafe uh Ate there every single twice a day for nine months when I lived in the Delta Hotel. So if you're if you're listening, go to Stella Stella's Cafe and tip your tip your waitress or waiter. And this episode brought to you by Tourism Manitoba. Uh, <laughs> speaking of similarly climated places, the LA Kings have an interesting story, which I'm pretty sure no one's talking about. But this is the first one that I wanted to to really throw to you, Jamie. Um, LA, like a lot of teams are doing, have three essentially three NHL guys that they yeah. sign. They have Phoenix Copley, um, yeah. they have close personal friend of the podcast, Cam Talbot, um, and they have David Riddich, who are all in one year deals. So LA, like twenty five other goal teams in the league, are essentially running three NHL caliber goalie system at this point now. Which um wherever it is which they should is going to every team should yep, you should. Yep. There's yeah, and I mean, we made the argument that like you probably your AHL team should be probably composed of a of a guy who can play in the NHL and then your number one development. Yeah, and if your AHL team's not doing that, which some of these other teams we've kind of mentioned don't seem like they are doing, you know, that's our thoughts on that at least. Um, but that's 
I have two stories here that I think are interesting. The first one is um, this year, Matt Villalta, who is a former fourth round pick of LA, uh, walked in a free agency, signed in Arizona. And so the first story is Villalta never played a game in the NHL, but he played a lot of games in the AHL uh, in Ontario. And I always, I was just wondering, about this, what is that? As an organization, you draft a player, you draft a goalie uh, who's been good in the AHL, um, never gets into the NHL, and is now just out of your system. Like that draft pick is, I mean, I, I guess you got minor league fill out of them. That's, but like, that's what I was. Right. Which is going to be my next story. Hold the phone. But that's like, that's a, that's all it is, right? Like essentially, that's it. Sometimes you just got to fill your roster, I guess. You just got to fill some spots. And, and so going back to the, the three goalie situation, Talbot obviously not going to the American League. I don't think David Riddick has played in the American League for a long time um, or ever. Maybe no, with he, maybe in Milwaukee when he was with, with he signed for seven, seven, five. Oh, he signed League Men. But I probably the last time he was in the American League was with Milwaukee when he was with Nashville, right? Um, Phoenix, the thing is, too, is Phoenix. Oh, I think they signed Phoenix for sorry. You signed for 875. I'm sorry. You signed for 875. Okay. Sorry, David Rick. And then Phoenix signed for what, 1.1, 1. 1, 1.3? He's, I had a cold. Oh, I have, I have the cap room. We're good. Um, Riddick at 875 and yeah. Phoenix at 1.5. Okay. So that's basically double. Um, I, that's interesting what they're going to do because I don't, like I said, I can't tell you the last time Riddick played in the American League where Phoenix split the year last year and he earned, he earned that one and a half million dollars. And no, I'm not saying because he yeah. he's my friend, but he <laughs> objectively earned that. And I, I think he earned the spot. That's why I'm, I would be disappointed if he, but disappointed, but not surprised if he started in the American League because someone has to just based off of his play last year. But I'm hoping that it goes Talbot, Copley, Riddick. Uh, and then like we were talking about, you, after that, you just if they don't have anyone in the pipeline to develop, you just fill it with a merit. You just probably sign somebody and you just don't, there's not like, you just need to fill spots. Um, that's it. Like, so this was, this was going to say, so what's interesting with them losing Valalta, it, I think the most likely situation is that you're going to see Eric Portillo, Michigan goalie. Oh, I'd rather um, have Portillo. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what's the story that I want to really bring up, which I found again, aside from the Valalta, Story, which I think is an interesting situation. Um, I think it's a good signing by Arizona. Uh, but the interesting issue is that David Hrenick, fifth former fifth round pick, St. Cloud State goalie, um, you would have hooched against him when he was at St. Cloud State in 2022. Uh, he played the most minor league games out of basically anyone in that King system last year. He played 43 games uh, in Greenville in the ECHL last year, first year pro. Uh, he just Signed a two-year deal in the Czech Republic. He's gone. He's left. One year into his pro deal. See you. So how how old was he when he signed, though? Um, He would have signed after. So he got dropped in 2018 as an 18-year-old. So he signed at 22, played one year. He's now in the Czech. Oh, so he, he, he did leave money on the table. Because I, I wasn't sure if he got a one-year deal. Uh, probably just not happy with the organization, uh, to be honest with you. some That's not. It is a little uncommon for a North American guy 
to just is he no he's from he's from, he's from the he's from he's oh okay then that's not that he probably was just sick <laughs> to be fair like it, a lot of the european guys don't like they do not like playing in the, the coast uh they think they for them it's like why would i play in this league where you ride buses and, and you eat soggy subs when i could just go back home and be happy you know, and yeah. so they leave. They they leave, and then they don't think the organization values them. They take off, and then if they do well, they just get resigned somewhere else, and that and that's it. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then lastly, Jamie, last team I want to talk about before, and this is the one that I really, really maybe kind of think of you and your story a little bit, and wanted to kind of tie it in. But it is the Pittsburgh Penguins, who uh, Tristan Jari at five point three seven five, Stacy to Smith at one point eight. Is Nijelkovic of $1.5 million and Magnus Helbert also signed? So the Pittsburgh Penguins have four NHL goalies on their roster. And that is before we acknowledge the fact that they also have Joel Bloomquist, the 2020 second round pick who played last year in the Finnish Elite League before coming over for a little bit in the AHL. So you're, you have a 2020 second round pick, uh, someone who has been good in a professional hockey league in Europe. And he is now your fifth goalie on your depth chart. So Pittsburgh isn't afraid to send Europeans to Wheeling. When I was in the coast, they had a guy, Emil something. He ended up uh, voiding his contract and going back to Finland. Now he plays in, uh, I think he just won the Liga Championship maybe. Um, so they're not afraid to to send their guys down there. Um the, the credit to Pittsburgh is their development model is very good from the Pittsburgh Wilkes-Barre Wheeling pipeline. They, they do a good job at, at keeping everyone engaged, keeping everyone involved. Um, I mean, obviously, DeSmith, Jari are the number one and two. Um, I just don't, there's no, they would never put Dedalkovich or Helberg in the coast. So I, I feel like that guy, that guy, he's just going to play in the coast and. It is what it is. <laughs> like it's just one of those things. It just yeah. it is what it is. Like that that's 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 it. Like someone gets hurt, anything, maybe they decide to move someone. Like Nick Helberg seems to be like it is a classic chess piece where you just move him around yeah. wherever and try to get he's like a more of a throw in guy, like which is kind of a hard situation. Like you see he was on like what, three teams last year in the course of like yeah, two weeks. Seattle. Yeah. He's, he's Yeah, he's, and Detroit. He's on weavers all the time. Yeah. All the yeah, time. Detroit. And because he's tall he's not he's pretty good like he's steady um so i think they'll just start him and the start the, the young guy in the coast and then someone will be moved and they'll bring him up if he does well and then again that's the thing too is we talk about hockey's a business you have all your you know your, your boxes crossed and you have extra it doesn't really matter they don't they don't really care that much unless you're because if they really cared you would be in the american league uh, yeah, it's just, just, I was just say, call If they really cared, you like if you are not like your first year right out of junior college, you're and even still like you're probably in the American League if they really cared. So, mm-hmm. not that it's a bad thing. It's just that if you get buried there, don't be bitter because it means yeah. you're probably not in the right organization. Yeah, and ultimately, Pittsburgh's got a couple guys named, you know, Sidney Crosby and Pitty Malkin. They're pretty firmly set on win-now mode. And if that means having four goalies, that if anyone gets hurt, anyone plays, you're just, you have next guy, right? But 
Jamie, this is where we're going to tie it in. So I, this is the old Bane switch. I, I pumped you up with the Joel Bloomquist. What, what are they going to do this guy? But the real kicker is what's going to happen to a guy named Taylor Goche? 2001 born, 22 years old, undrafted out of the WHL, last played in Prince George of Portland. He played 20 games last year. Um, you go and essentially because of some injuries, some season endings, essentially moved into the third on that Pittsburgh depth chart. He's now six, maybe, maybe seven. I don't know actually who anyone is leaving the CHL under Pittsburgh property. That and that's yeah. and this is this is where well, that, because, yeah because it ties it into so that's what I was I was a I was just a piece I was a roster filler like there was no there was no develop model for me there wasn't any plan and any American leagues I got was because of any games I got was because of mainly injuries, um, despite my play in the a good play in the East Coast League it didn't really matter um, yeah that sucks it, it sucks couldn't be in that spot because it doesn't it doesn't really matter how well you play in terms of the that organization's eyes. It does matter in terms of getting opportunities elsewhere, although it is hard to get NHL contracts out of the East Coast League. It's much easier to get them when you've got a body of work in the American League. Um, one of the things that my goalie coach in Manitoba would always say every time I played like a, an American League game, he'd always be like, it's just adding to your resume. And I'd always be like, yeah, but like I, I'm in this organization now. So I probably should have saw that little for like uh was that foreboding or just um like a forecasting foreshadowing foreshadowing thank you and but yeah it, it it this just sucks and that's again that this this business of sports the business of athletics is it doesn't matter that he played twenty games he might have been unbelievable in those twenty games in Pittsburgh's eyes he's just going to get shuffled down he's gonna fill a roster spot if he does well boom some scout looks really good. And then if he doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But for his career, he needs to not let that, you know, beat him down and wear him down. He needs to just understand that, like, this is what it is. I'm going to play well. I'm going to open up doors somewhere else or in Europe. And that's and that's ultimately the goal. And that's just part of sports. And some people never are able to to work their way up, just not because they're not good, just because the uh, the situation in front of them, it just... It's what happens. It's like uh, when I signed in, in in Charlotte, they had seven NHL contracts, and I was the eight, and I was on the only American League deal. So it's just like, how is that even possible? They they had guys yeah, on no. show deals on different East Coast teams, and that's also what I wanted to talk to you about a little bit. Was you know we were going to wrap this up in a few minutes here, but let's end on what does that look like? Doing what does freedom super like? I wanted to, well, I mentioned it before. What does that look like when we get into these AHL versus you want an NHL deal, you're on an AHL deal? What do those different things look like? And what does that really mean? Can you give us like our best like 60 second summary there? Yeah. So typically when we think of free agent frenzy, we think of like classic TSN, Gordon Miller calling guys on FaceTime and they're sitting at their Muskoka cottages just enjoying the couple million dollars they made. For the most of us that played, um, it's just a lot of unknown. It's just taught, you're, if you're, let's just t- say that you're like a, someone like me, someone who's just like, just, just a pro, just a pro goal. And that's it. Like not, nothing crazy, just, just pro. And it's a lot of your, you play second class to your agent because you're not making a lot of money. They're, they're all their attention is on their big guys. And that's no knock to agents or anything. That's just, that's the way it is. That's the way I did it too. 
Um, so the, the big guys are all take all the attention and you just kind of wait in the wingtips. And typically it takes like a week or two until like a lot of the big signings are done. And then you kind of hope that your, um, that your phone rings. A lot of it too, is like, you have to network yourself. I got myself my, my East coast by my second, uh, American league deal because I knew the goalie coach knew the connection. My agent ended up like brokering it, but I was like, this is what I want. Like I want, I kept to be like, I caught it. I said, Todd, my agent, uh, call them. This is his deal. This is the money I want. I'm not taking less than this. Uh, and that, that was a bold move by me. Um, but it, it's just a lot of waiting around and a lot of this is what you have on the table. Take it or leave it kind of thing. Um, even after I retired, like I retired from hockey. I didn't really tell my agent I retired. I just retired. And then he called me one day and he's like, we have a bunch of offers. I don't know what you're doing. And I was like, I, I'm out. Like, I don't want to play. Um, it's just a lot of unknowns. It's not exciting. It's not glamorous. It's very stressful. Um, I couldn't imagine doing it if you have like family, like a wife and stuff. Um, it's a lot of you just sit in the gym, work out, try not to get frustrated by other people that you think are you're better than that are signing for money that you think they shouldn't. And you just got to wait for your turn. Hopefully something comes up. And while that's going on, you're, debating do i go to europe are you dealing you know you're dealing with your european agent your north american agent and it gets it gets stressful so it's not super glamorous it's very it's very stressful and it can take a long time and then if you're even guys that are like lower down um you're at the mercy of what everyone else is above you once the american league spots spill up fill up you're like okay i gotta sign an east coast deal and those are 24-hour contracts and it's it's not very glamorous to say the least so i know that was longer than 60 seconds but it's just a lot of waiting around and hoping hoping that someone in some organization likes you yeah and i think the part that people definitely appreciate or people don't also appreciate is like let's take the david riddish example from before is he's going to make eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars whether he's playing in la or whether he, he's playing in ontario that is not the case if you're on like an ahl deal for example, right, Jamie, or an NHL two way, you're signing, yeah, or an NHL two way, right, where it's you're you're getting a different, um, and that's an example. Of like, we're going back to Pekka Lukanen. He makes a third of what he makes if he plays in the AHL compared to when he's up in Buffalo. Um, but that's the kind of of reality of it. So you talk, we talked about this before about just everything's in business, obviously. But you know, if you're paying a goalie almost a million dollars in your AHL team and you're a twenty twenty one year old trying to scramble for games, like you're going to be prioritized over just financially like however that's just a- if you are on an nhl one way and you play in the american league you don't have to pay nhl escrow on that money so when i was playing with andre pavlik he was making significantly he was making 5.5 million a year and so we were doing the math and it came to around sixty thousand dollars a day he was making and he was he'd be losing about 20 percent of that 20, yeah, like that, was pre, that was pretty tight. Eighteen percent, so twenty yeah. percent would go to escrow. So he's making an extra twenty percent uh, playing in the American League, actually. And then I was there, and he was making my annual contract in a day and a half. Actually, had less than that, like like twenty seven hours, and he would make my contract. So cool. Yeah. We'll have to. I I was talking to someone earlier. I'd have to. I, I promise that one day we'll get some Jimmy Phillips, Andre Pavlich interaction stories. Maybe not. Maybe today's not the day unless you want to end up 
There wasn't there wasn't a lot. He was really nice to me, and he'd always buy nice bottles of wine for the fellas at the restaurants, and I appreciate that because I like wine, and <laughs> I like I like I would have liked to have made sixty thousand dollars a day. Uh, my 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 student my my tuition bills wouldn't feel wouldn't hurt as much, but tis life. Yeah, we'll have to we'll we'll see some of that around today. But all right, let's wrap it up there. Um, that was a really quick run through just exploring some of the kind of interesting stories and some of the realities from the top to the bottom of systems and actually appreciating, you know, this is stuff that you and I might look at more closely, but ultimately, you know, this is maybe something that teams, they're running businesses during their, the business winning. Uh, and so, you know what? Great. We had a prospect accidentally do well or a prospect do great. Who cares, right? We got to win now. We got to win fast. So, okay. Jamie... We'll have to say to the people. Thank you for listening, watching. Please like, subscribe, comment, share. Uh, check out Ben's uh, GitHub blog. It will be uh, in the show notes on all things Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Um, also, if you want me to buy Ben exp- expensive bottles of wine, please subscribe to my Patreon. Uh, lots of stuff going on. I knew I, I dropped an aerobic training program on there. Um, I'm going to be doing in-season training. This is like a general program for all the Patreon subscribers and stuff. So um, it does in a roundabout way does help keep the pod uh keep the pod going um so yeah comment like share subscribe looking forward to the european tour of episodes and the ben's uh, research lab of episodes but like always we just appreciate you guys for taking the time and uh listening to us ramble on yeah as always people if you have questions um jamie is admittedly more swamped than i am right now so I'm in charge of answering things. So any questions you have, any recommendations about the podcast, fire them my way. We will be sure to kind of look into it, cover it, and uh, and reach out to you and, and make sure we can line something up in the future. But Jamie, until next week. Until next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.